understand who that investor is. Is this simply, I want to make an investment and stay far away? Or do I have something as an investor to add as well? Can I put that investor on one of our boards? We really need to understand who the investor is, what the purpose of that investment is, when they want to see a return. From MJ Bulls Media, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today we're continuing our Cannabis Investor Spotlight Series, and we're joined by David Hess, President and Co-Founder of Trust Capital. David, thanks for being on the MJ Bulls Podcast. My pleasure, Dan. Hey, before we jump in and start talking about Trust Capital, let's talk about your cannabis journey. You were a two-time cancer survivor? When I was diagnosed with cancer in 2000 and then again in 2002, medicating with cannabis in addition to the various treatments that I was receiving at Sloan Kettering, I was introduced to it in the form of Marinol. Okay, so that was new to me. And I understand it's a synthetic THC and I understand that it doesn't work for everyone. However, for me, I literally went from a patient on his deathbed to someone that uh, within an hour was calling his friends up saying, it's Monday, let's watch football tonight, bring the wings, and literally telling jokes and becoming my old self. From that point on, I really wanted to to understand the endocannabinoid system. I wanted to really do whatever I could to further the legitimacy and the credibility of cannabis as a medicine. That's really changed for me once I put those patient glasses on, for sure. Yeah, it's like I've said this before. So many people kind of backed into it through a, some sort of illness. Let's talk about Trust Capital. You know, it was one of the first venture capital firms that dedicated solely to cannabis. And how'd you guys get started? So 2010, when New Jersey passed cannabis laws, and in 2011, one of six licenses was awarded to two women that approached me and wanted help raising the capital and bringing in the operations necessary to get them up and running. So once that happened in 2011, I had a bunch of friends in my social circle that wanted to invest in similar type of deals. And so I immediately went out and started kicking tires. What I realized very quickly was, although I had a pretty good understanding of what was necessary on the cannabis side and had some capital to go ahead and allocate towards that, I understood that this was just the beginning and that I wanted to build a trusted bridge between the cannabis community and the financial community. I saw very early that there was mm-hmm. there was capital going into the industry that wasn't the best match. There were entrepreneurs that were feeling like they were losing control of what they've worked so hard for. I really wanted to ensure that this industry was headed in the right direction. And part of that is ensuring that the investors and the entrepreneurs are matched up correctly. What I wanted to do was build out an institutional platform like any other on Wall Street. And through a mutual friend was introduced to the gentleman who became my partner, Asher Trope. And he did have that background in finance. And 2013, we decided to put the pedal to the metal and really um, be one of the first to create that institutional platform for capital and wanting to be allocated, wanting to go into the cannabis industry. 
that's you're early on. I mean, you're you're basically cannabis venture mm-hmm. capitalist back in 2010. I mean, that's I mean, that is way early in this in this industry. I think you're probably the earliest person I've talked to. Well, tell us a little bit about the types of cannabis companies that you like to invest in. Mm-hmm. Infrastructure uh, would be the common denominator between uh, our portfolio investments. So we've made investments to date in Headset, in Baker, which is, as I'm sure many of your yeah. listeners know, is now Tilt. We've made investments in SC Labs, in Media on Cannabis Now, Chromatics. Wow. Uh, we have a, an LP in Quebec, uh, North Bud Farms. And so for us, and even North Bud Farms, it's not simply just another LP. And so again, everybody that we invest in is is really focused on, on infrastructure and ensuring that when they do better, the cannabis industry does better and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know that you've been the lead investor in some of these deals and then sometimes you're fallen investor. Headset would be a, a good example, SC Labs as well. And yeah, we'll get involved early on. The amount that we allocate would be smaller than it would be for reserve for growth capital. So typically we're cutting checks 250 and under, 250,000 and under for real early stage seed rounds. Mm-hmm. And then we will work with those companies very closely, do their follow-up rounds either as a lead or help find the lead, but certainly be a major part of those follow-on rounds. And then we'll also invest in companies that we didn't get in on the early stage as well. And those check sizes will typically range for a million plus. Yeah. And I think a lot of our listeners who haven't been through this may not appreciate the benefit of having multiple investors involved in their deal. Maybe you can shed some light on what the advantages to that are. Sure. So angel investors are fantastic, especially early on, and they help institutional investors really get comfortable and understand that there's traction and that others are willing to put some money behind it. But as time goes on, especially in our space, it's very advantageous to have maybe three, four of the quote-unquote cannabis institutional investors that are on your cap table because that will really speed up the process, especially when it comes to the portfolio companies working with one another. A lot of times, whether it's Ronetics, Headset, Baker, those are just three, to name a few mm-hmm. of ours, that we share with groups like Fido and Poseidon and, and others. And we are often in communication with the groups I mentioned and many others in the space. And whether we're allocating or not, it's, it's oftentimes not so much about capital. It's about the other areas of support that the investors bring. When we partner up with those in our network, the sum is often much greater. I often say, you know, one plus one in this industry oftentimes equals 10. Well, I see on your website that if a cannabis company is raising capital and they want to talk to you about investing, you have a tab, the deal submission tab. They just click that. Any advice to these companies when they submit, sort of get to the top of your list? Best advice I can give is for the entrepreneur to really take a look at the investments that a particular investor has made and then determine if their particular opportunity is a good suit for that investor and why. 
And you may want to point out the different verticals or the different portfolios within our company that your product or service may add value to or vice versa, because as cliche as it is to invest some dollars into a company, that's not the hard part. That's not where it gets tricky. It's really understanding the value outside of the capital that your investor brings you. And one of the tests I often recommend uh, to the entrepreneur is ask yourself, would I want that investor sitting on my board? Regardless of whether or not the investment comes with a board seat or a board advisor seat, let's put that aside. Do I want he or she on my board? And if the answer is no, I would stay clear of accepting investment dollars from that person. If the answer is yes, I would do whatever I could to cozy up to that person and really help them understand why there's value and why the value goes both ways. That's the, the best advice I could give. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Sort of the underlying theme to that, though, is companies that are looking for investment, they need to do a little bit of homework before they just do a mass email. Learn a little bit about the companies that you may want to work with, and that may help the whole process. Let's talk a little bit about your investors. I know you mm-hmm. you work with high net worth individuals and family offices mm-hmm and institutional investors, and I know they must be mm-hmm. accredited investors. But if one of our listeners right now wants to work with you, what do they need to do? So an investor could go ahead and, and the same way an entrepreneur would go to our website and follow the links, same for an investor. We'll ask questions right off the bat if there are any particular types of investments, any specific sectors that that investor wants to make allocations towards and why, and it goes for us as well. We really want to understand who that investor is. Is this simply, I want to make an investment and stay far away? Or do I have something as an investor to add as well? Can I put that investor on one of our boards? We really to understand who the investor is, what the purpose of that investment is, when they want to see a return, what type, what size of a return they'd be happy with, what they deem as being successful in this space. Are they here for a year, two years, three years? Do they want to allocate money through a fund and, and be diversified? Do they prefer an SMA and really sort of be a fund of one? So we really get to understand who the investor is and why. And they can go ahead and, and as I mentioned, they can follow links on our site. They can email me or anyone else at Tress directly. My email is dhess at tresscapital.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, really, you can find me yeah, at, you can find uh, them anywhere. a number at any of these <laughs> expos. Uh, you know, Just tap me on the shoulder and I'd be happy to have a cup of coffee and, and talk. Before we went on, you talked to me a little bit about how investors are really taking more of a role in the industry than just, here's my money, can bring me back a big return. Maybe you can just repeat what you told me earlier, because I think it's very insightful. Mm-hmm. And Dan, part of what you're doing with your show is so important. It's, it's education. Right now, the dollars being allocated into the cannabis industry are having a very direct effect on the shape of this industry. And if the investors in the early years are going to sort of invest their money haphazardly, that doesn't carry the same weight that the exact same dollar carries should purposely, purposefully allocate it. And I tell the investor all the time that their role today is just as important as the entrepreneur's role and really ensuring that the credibility and the legitimacy of cannabis advances and overall cannabis normalization that we usher that in. It's really on us as investors to make sure we get this right and not squander this opportunity. 
Well, that's it's really well said, and you know, coming from somebody that's two times cancer survivor, I think it carries a lot more weight. Well, we've been speaking with David Hess from Trust Capital, and all of David's information and Trust's information will be on the MJ Bulls website. David, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure, Dan. Thanks so much for having me. And again, thank you for what you the way you do for the cannabis community and the financial community. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on Pod. Connex, and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.